yes, people. <laughs> it is part three. As I said, look, it is a bumper one this week, and we're not shortchanging you people because we have a review, and then we sit down with the director. So, um, hey, this is great. All right, so you ready? You ready? Okay, people. So, first up, we are gonna look at the film, and the film is full. Say it was something a little crazy, and it's called a masking threshold. Okay, people, so, um, yeah, just checked out a new film that, <sighs> different, I mean, that, that, that's, that's the word, right, different, it's, um, yeah, I don't believe I've watched something like this before, right, it, it's crazy. It's crazy, and it's called um, Masking Threshold, right? It is the new film from uh, Johannes, oh, how do I say this? Johannes Grenz Fervener, right? Johannes, he um, also co-writes with Samantha Leinhard, Um he also produces, along with Gunther Frisinger, uh, Julian Gabbat, and Jasmine Hagenduna. Uh, cinematography is from Florian Hulfer, and the score is from Tina Grunstedi. AKA Tina Free Hunt 303 and Matthias Ugandupla. Or I I I have probably butchered those names. I have probably butchered those names. But people, okay. So um the gist of the film is this, right? Masking threshold combines a chamber play a scientific protocol, an unpacking video, and a DIY YouTube channel, while suggesting endless vistas of existential pain and decay. Glimpse the world of the nameless protagonist in this esoteric tale, which is by no means for the faint of heart. And um, yeah, that last part, no means by the, for the faint of heart. I mean, that really does speak volumes because you, the spiral our, you know, protagonist goes on in this film does lead you to some places that will, will make you cringe, will make you cringe, right? But I have to say, right? I was captivated all the way through, all the way through, you know, 
I couldn't turn away even in a few moments when I wanted to turn away, right? It's, it's interesting. Like, we start off and um, we have a guy talking about, right, setting up his space. <coughs> oh, dear. Setting up his creative space, right? So we see that it looks like he's, um, you know, setting up for a podcast or something. But we that happens, right? And uh, then he's talking about how he has tinnitus and just the struggles and he's trying to find a cure because it's not like normal tinnitus, right? So we get all of this. Which is like, okay, it's interesting because there's stuff talked about here that I think a lot of people can definitely relate to, right? Relate to and understand, right? Understand where someone's coming from when it comes to some of these things, you know? And I think we also get thrown into the mix right, these quotes and philosophies that, again, make sense, right, so, you know, with tinnitus, he's talking about noise, and um, noise pollution, and just all of these things, but he also says, um, there's a quote about silence, and how, you know, trying to find silence, you can never find silence, and that's so true, right, because, you know, the, the amount of times when I've left the city, right, you've gone to the country or somewhere, somewhere, and, you know, you notice that difference, right, you're, you're not hearing the same hustle and bustle, right, the, the light pollution is different, it, well, it's gone most of the time, and you'll, you know, it'd be late at night, and you could stand there, stand in the doorway, and you'd be like, yo, I can't hear anything, which is always a lie, right? Because what you're saying is I can't hear the normal noise. But what you do hear is like crickets maybe or just whatever insects or like howls hooting and just the, the, the world noise, right? The natural world noise, should I say? Because, you know, everything is world noise, but we're hearing like the wildlife kind of speaking to you or just the wind in the trees and just things like that. So yeah, there's, there's never really silence. I guess if you get, you know, stuck in a vacuum, but even then there would be the noise of your breathing, right? The noise of your anxiety. So it is an interesting thing. And that's the thing, throughout the film, there are these insights, which do make you go, yeah, that's right, or, huh, I never thought of that, or, I wonder if that's true, hmm, you know, which I, I, is super compelling, right, and, and the film, it unrolls with this guy, as I said, he's looking for this cure. He's looking to try and cure himself. He is a scientist. So it is all wrapped up in that scientific mindset. You know, the look 
for answers, the pursuit of knowledge, right? That's what we have here. But as it goes on, whew, things get weird. Things get super weird. And it's fascinating, right, how all of this is shown to us, right? How is it, how the picture is painted? Because, yeah, there's no point where it's just like, this guy is spiraling. But it's all evident, right? You can come to that conclusion with how everything is laid out to you. You know, the other interesting thing is, right, it's it's funny because it's kind of shot a bit like a documentary, right? When you watch a documentary about micronisms and things like that, it, it, it's kind of shot like this, right? Because we focus in a lot of times on him looking at stuff. <clears throat> oh my gosh, excuse me. But yeah, he's looking at stuff through, I don't know, microscopes or online and, and stuff like that. And he's talking and he's explaining and he's trying to get across. No, I'm trying to do this. No, this is what the thing is, right? So we get all of this, it, it gets laid out. And so we're, we're viewing this, but we're not kind of having him, you know, there, like was kind of seen through his eyes. It's like a point of view situation here, which again, does give you that interesting kind of flavor, right? Because the focal point is different. You know, usually our focal point are the characters, but here it's kind of what's going on. It's the science. It's, you know, what he's trying to get across, right? Which, yeah, super interesting. And it's all basically in one location, you know, one location, right? Um, now, there, there are a few people that do kind of turn up, but not in your typical ways, right? Yeah, it is just super fascinating. It really is, you know? But I do feel it works. Like, by the end of it, I was just like, wait, where's this going to go? Like, how can this end? right? What is the conclusion of this? Because my man has, who he's gone far, right? He's gone real far. So how, how are we ending this, right? Where are we going? And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's an interesting tale. It's only, poof, I think slightly under 90 minutes, maybe like 85 minutes, 88 minutes, something like that. Right, so it's not super long, and I mean the time frame works for the film because you're not ever thinking, "Ugh, can we just 
You know, the pacing, pacing was perfect. Pacing was perfect for showing this downward cycle, you know, because at, because I think you can't rush these things, right? If you jump in it to it real too quick, you're going to be like, ah, that feels a little forced, right? But if you wait too long, you'll be like, ah, but they kind of crammed it all at the end. Right, so it's all about pacing, and they nailed the pacing. They nailed the pacing. Right, visually, you're always engaged, always engaged. Like at some point, you'd be like, "I wish I wasn't as engaged." You know what I mean, this—I don't know if I needed to see that. <laughs> but um, yo, the, the you know the um, what would you call it? I'm not going to say makeup, but it's not the makeup. It's the effects. Well, let's just say effects, right? Um, and the art direction. Boom. That was great. Because there's shit that you're looking at and you'll be like, that looks so real. I hope that's not real, right? I hope that's not real. But it looks unreal. You know? Yeah, it's great. It is very interesting. I don't know any distribution details of this, but it is, um, yeah, it, it's out there, right? It's out there at festivals. You know, it's, um, gosh, it's at a festival right now. Uh, I feel I have that information. Uh, yes, it's at um, the... Kukaluras Film Festival, Kukaluras Film Festival, right? Um, yeah, Django's Playhouse. So it's playing there at 7.45 in the evening, Eastern Time, people. Eastern Time, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, if you're in that area, then you might want to go check it out. Because, uh, yeah, Johannes, he he really does create something very unique. You know what I mean? Something very unique and engaging. There's, I, I, I do feel like there's those films that look at people on Spirals and stuff like that, you know, falling down is one. The game, that Michael Douglas thing. I mean, they're they're two very well known. I feel films that do this, and this it it, it is well. It, it does it so well. Does it so well. And it, as I said, look in this very unique way. Now, yeah, there's more to it, but. I, you know what I mean? It's hard because you don't want to give anything away. You don't want to give anything away. But I feel, yeah, it's it's a it's a different experience, people. It's a very different experience, and it's very hard to kind of pinhole this film, right? To say, oh, it's this, or oh, it's that, because it's really its own thing. Right, so I messed up. It's definitely messed up, but in a non, 
right? It, it, I wouldn't say it's gore porn, right? It's not that. Definitely not that. It's a story, a story that, you know, might not be for everyone, right? It is definitely Marmite in that terms. I mean, there's going to be people that be like, I can't handle this. And others that will be like, yo, <laughs> I'm all about it, which is good. It's not everything has to be for everyone, you know? But, um, yeah. Masking thresholds, people. Uh, look, if it plays at a festival near you, go check it out for sure. And um, let's see when it, you know if I hear about a distribution or anything like that, for sure we'll let you know. All right, but um, yeah, if you're up for it, people, get you some masking thresholds, okay. Okay, people, so, hey, we've talked about the film, but now we get to sit uh, sit down with the man behind the camera. That's right, we get to talk to Johannes Grenzenfurter, right, who was a joy, so accommodating. It is a great conversation, people. So buckle up and let's get into it. All right. Okay, people. So I am here with Johannes Grenzenfurter. Grenzfurtner. Grenzfurtner. Yeah. Okay. I it's not bad. I mean, it's, you know, for, for people who speak German or Austrian German, it's a long and complicated name. And, <laughs> and, and for all people who are not from Germany or Austria, like everything sounds like a war crime in German. So it's, it's yeah, Johannes yeah. Grenzfurtner. That's how it would be correctly pronounced. But of course, it's just like, <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> But it's it's so great to be on the show, Kevin. Thank you so much for having me. No, thanks for thanks for joining me. So Johannes has got a new film called Masking Threshold, which mm -hmm. you you directed, produced, you co-wrote with Samantha Lenhard. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. Uh, I it hope is. so. <laughs> it, I mean, like I, I, I just finished watching it. Oh, really? I, okay. So it's yeah, super fresh. I, yeah, that's the that's the reason why, right? I, okay. I don't want to watch it a week in advance and then mm -hmm. you know be like, oh, did that happen? Like, was it? Yeah, yeah, so I yeah, try yeah. And get as fresh as I can. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And, I, and I, 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 I assume you will need some time to process all of that. There's it's <laughs> it's re it's really interesting because. My, my film had world premiere at Fantastic Fest in September, okay. which was completely kind of like blowing my mind. We were like, what the fuck? They are showing my, my crazy little film at Fantastic Fest. <laughs> and I was just like, what? Oh, my God. Yeah. And the thing is that I talked to Anik. Uh, Anik uh, uh, is uh, the, the head programmer of Fantastic Fest. And she wrote me an email and she asked, so, hey, I saw uh, the trailer of your film online. 
and uh, it sounds interesting. Can you can you send it to me? And I said like, yeah, sure. I am a good nerd. I already, of course, submitted the film to Fantastic Fest, but uh, <laughs> so it's somewhere in your database. But of course, here it is. And and uh, she watched it, and two weeks later, she wrote back, yeah, I, I really like the film, but I'm not sure that I don't know. And and then she pretty much declined and said, like, I, I, I'm not sure that we can show this. So I'm I'm so thank you so much. I really enjoyed it, but no, yeah. And then, like, you know, like three days later, she writes me another email. I can't get the movie out of my head. I can't get it out of my head. I want to show it. I want to show it. What's the premiere status? And I said, like, well, it didn't change in three days. So it's still world premiere because Fantastic Fest is early in the in the season, end of <clears> September. <throat> And I just like I almost dropped dead. I thought like, oh my god, <laughs> I, it's happening. And then I flew to Texas, which is like also in times of COVID, also kind of like the biggest adventure and everything. So, but now it's all normalizing a little bit. But oh my god, yeah. But uh, but so you saw it. It's very fresh, and it's yeah. yeah well, it's about a guy who goes insane, <laughs> and that's what it is. Well, yeah, basically, but you don't know that. No, you know I mean, don't. like, when did you know anything about the film beforehand? Uh, did you read anything, or no. did you just like go no, into it? I, and watch I, it? I always avoid trailers and uh -huh. and blurb. I, I want that. There's so years ago, yeah, obviously, years ago. Gosh, I can't even remember when they came out. I feel like 99, 2000. I went to see like The Gladiator and the Matrix, mm -hmm. um, and I knew nothing about either film. Mm -hmm. Right, a friend just called me up one day and it's like, Oh, do you want to go to cinema? I'm like, Yeah, all right. He's like, Oh, there's this something called the Matrix. And I was like, eh, I don't know, but fine, let's go. I want to get out of the house. And then just being blown away because I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, right. Yeah. And the same with Gladiator, I'd heard it was, you know, ancient Rome and blah blah blah, but that was it. And mm -hmm. those films just blew me away. And it's always trying to get that experience back you know what i mean because it's just like i feel trailers give way too much away oh yeah absolutely oh yeah, you know, yeah. David, i hate trailers that are like where sometimes you don't even have to watch the movie anymore because there's like oh. the whole film there like in two and a half minute trailer like why would why <laughs> well yeah or or you know it will miss a genre of film Right, so mm -hmm. it will make a film look like it's a comedy, but it's not. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? it it will take the best parts of the film, so that's it. <laughs> like you yeah, think, yeah. oh well, that if if it was if it's as good as that trailer, and you'd be like, oh no, all the good yeah. parts were in that no. trailer. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's interesting. I mean, there's this this whole uh, thing. It's called Save the Cat. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but Save the Cat is uh, this book. A guy named Snyder wrote like in the 1990s or something like that, and it's pretty much this. Uh, it's it's kind of like a how-to book to write uh, uh, screenplays. Uh, it's almost like this structure, like how how does the first act, second act work, third act, and if you take this and uh, and, and 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 you apply it to films, you can almost see ah that's. Now they're changing from act one to two, and now they're doing yes. this. It's almost like a formula. Like most of the time, it's also very boring because you kind of already know, ah, oh, yeah, that's it. This is like the dark night. Mm. The dark night is happening. So it's like third act is starting, and this and this. Yeah. So you have this like basic structure. And 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 the Snyder guy uh, who wrote that book, um, he he also says that most trailers are made up 
out of like one specific segment of the, the three-act structure of a film, and that's the so-called fun part. The fun part is when, you know, like Indiana Jones is fighting the Nazis or something like that, and, yeah. and there's lots of explosions and things happening, and and or or when you actually explore the new world that the protagonist has been thrown into. And that's where all the fun part starts, and that's also super good trailer material because that is something that people, that's actually what most people want to see. Uh, yeah. Getting immersed into a new world, or 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 the crazy thing about the Matrix with all the the machines and the pods and all that stuff, and yeah, but it's it's just like one part of this like whole three act structure of a film uh, that is completely different than all other structures, uh, all, all other parts in the film, uh, and that also like as you say, it sometimes it just like gives a completely different impression of a film that is not true. Yeah, or or it ruins a film. Yeah. I remember I, I saw Us. Have you seen Us? The, oh, yes, uh, I have. Yeah, the Jordan Peele one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I thought was great. I thought yeah. it was great, and it was different. I didn't know what to expect. But then, you know, to, to, put, to do this podcast, right? So then I put all the information in the episode details. So mm -hmm. there's the trailer and all of this. So in finding the trailer... I saw because I thought, oh, let me just see what the trailer is. And so mm -hmm. I watch a trailer and I'm like, they get you know the pit when she looks in the mirror? Huh? That oh, was yes, in the trailer. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't have that in the trailer. Because it's just like that, the major spoiler. Yeah, it leads you in a complete it leads you in the direction of what's gonna happen. Yeah. And I was just like, I was blown away how dumb you mean that, yeah. that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, for my for my last film, it's a it's a documentary about uh, about political terms. So it's like it's almost like a Sesame Street. It's like a ninety minute Sesame Street episode <laughs> where I'm trying to explain. So because there's so much debating online, and people talk a lot about you know like I'm anti-capitalist and I'm this and mm. I resistance and blah blah blah. And people just like don't even know what that means. And when I ask people, so please explain me what you mean with that you're anti-capitalist. And then they say like I don't like money. I was like, no, this is this is not. And no, no, <laughs> this is yeah. a little bit more complex. So I had this idea of like making a film that that explains the most interesting terms from the political landscape or political debate in like almost like five to ten minute segments. Uh, and I did that in 2018. It's called Glossary of Broken Dreams. Okay. And uh, and and I had to do because, of course, the film festivals wanted it and all this stuff. So I had to do a trailer for that. And I knew exact. I don't like trailers. So the whole film is as, as the whole trailer is is a friend of mine who has this like deep black voice and he's a great great actor from florida and he has this like super crazy uh, uh trailer voice and so and he's just like johannes grensford made this new film but he hates trailers but it has this like super unnerving uh, trailer soundtrack and like that it's like dum, 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 dum. but it's pretty much like a trailer complaining about trailers and then i took the entire film and sped it up to 10 seconds and that's the trailer. So, so Johannes doesn't like trailers. So he took the whole film and sped it up to 10 seconds. Here it is. Enjoy. <laughs> because, yeah, but like, my God, I could, I, could, I could complain about trailers like my whole life, I guess. But, but yeah. A anyhow, so like now that it's fresh. So what, what, what is your first impression of my, my protagonist's ordeal? Or actually the other people's ordeal? <laughs> I, I mean... It's like, where did this idea come from? 
right? Okay. I, I think that's one of the big things. Mm-hmm. Like, and also, well, yeah. it's like there's two ideas, you know, because you have the whole tinnitus and then what that spawns. So it's oh, just yeah. like, uh-huh. where did, yeah, where did this concept okay. come from? Well, I, I knew that was pretty much the basic idea of the film. I knew that I would like to do a film about a guy who pretty much like goes crazy or a guy that is like a, a very, I mean, my protagonist is never kind of like a sympathetic character or something. So he's like, even from the beginning, at least for me, when I wrote it with Samantha, uh, for me, the, the guy is like, I mean, you you feel pity for him because he has a tinnitus and, right. and, and he's trying to cure it. So it's pretty much like the story of a guy who has tinnitus and, uh, and, who locks himself up in 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 his kind of like little DIY room or in his little laboratory, his little kind of like womb of of uh, of uh, I'm going to fix myself uh, because yeah. I have a tinnitus and it 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 drives me crazy. I want to know what it is, and he finds out this tinnitus has some specific qualities, and so he's he's doing experiments and trying to find out why. And so the idea came. There were two ideas. Idea number one was. I knew that I would want to make a film that is only in one room. And actually it's even like, like 70% of the film is even one on the desk. So it's like in one room, but most of it is on a desk. And I knew from the aesthetic, I wanted to do something that is super claustrophobic, something that is like really showing, it's a story of a guy who goes crazy, but you should also see in the visuals that it, it should be different. There should be something, there should be a different quality to that. And my idea was because what I wanted to show is how, how the, like the world of the protagonist is kind of like, because usually nerds and nerdy people, the positive side of nerdiness is that, that people are kind of like open. They're open-minded. They're interested in things. And even if it's some, I don't know, it's stuff like, you know, like, being interested in Marvel characters or something like that, or I don't know, like uh, birds, eggs, or whatever it is. Like people have an obsession with something uh, when when you're a nerd. And I'm a very nerdy person. I completely see that. I, I know I collect stuff and 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 do so. But if it's positive, it's it's almost it's always open. Yeah, like you open yourself up to the world, and then you try to find things that match your obsession. Or that that find out things about about the world that that you're interested in, and in yeah, my case, I wanted to spread the knowledge and share it. and share, but also being active and open-minded and and looking around and going to internet sites and doing this and seeing things on the street that that fit your specific kind of like nerdy interest or hobby or something, and then and bring that into your world. And in my film, I thought it might it should be the exact opposite. It should be like this guy is almost like sinking into his desk. It's just like his his world is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And uh, and the idea uh, to do that was uh, that and that also made complete sense with with the story and and what he wants to accomplish is. Uh, that I had this idea of like shooting most of the film with macro lenses, so like enlargement lenses. So he's he's doing experiments on things and he looks at stuff, you know, like pizza or or pencils or whatever stuff he's looking at. It's all super enlarged. It's like mm. this 65 millimeter lens that is making everything almost like a loop. And uh, so most of the time you see stuff super enlarged. And that for me also fit the idea of like this horror or spooky film horror film situation that 
if you look at stuff enlarged, it's always somehow creepy, you know? Like if you look at, at pieces of oil on a pizza or something and you see that so big, it's like a different world. It's like a different universe. And I thought like that might be something that would fit that idea very well. So it's a, it's a film about a guy on his desk doing experiments on strange things and horrible things and 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 he's looking at all of it on with 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 macro lenses and uh yeah so that was pretty much like how the aesthetic came from uh and and the idea was that uh i am and of course that is that is uh, and it's being debated right now uh, uh a lot I, I read a lot of H.P. Lovecraft when I was a kid, like, you know, like 13, 14 years old. Yeah. yeah so there's yeah. definitely a Lovecraftian element to the film, although mm. uh, without spoiling anything, you never really know if the guy is just crazy or he if he really hears the transdimensional old beings or something like that. You never know that. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I wanted to do something that is kind of like Lovecraftian or, or tapping into this like cosmic horror genre. Uh, without having to deal with all this like you know like you know that like that all the racist bullshit that 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 H.P. Lovecraft uh, wrote and all that stuff so there's uh, there's there's an element to it uh, in that way that uh, so it is definitely inspired to some uh, to some degree by Lovecraft's Lovecraftian elements let's call it but at the same time also that's like I find it very interesting that that Lovecraft uh was also a strange character because he was also a very nerdy character. He also like also always shut him shut himself away from the world. Was always like in his in his rooms and 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 reading weird stuff and only communicating with people through letters. I think he was also very sociopathic in a certain way. And uh, uh, and I think that in a certain way, Lovecraft was also a very negative nerd, so to speak. So my my character in the film and Lovecraft are kind of like from the same kind of like uh, carved out of the same woods of like negative nerddom in a certain way or, or that you were that you're that you that, that you're not open to the world anymore and and or you have so many traumas or you have so many phobias or you have like racist tendencies but you but you let yourself fall into that and not and not actively battle it and uh and in a certain way so also Lovecraft and his story that he is like a uh, that Lovecraft was a victim, but also a perpetrator, is the same thing with the, the main character in my film. He's also a victim of, of Tinnitus. But but what he then does uh, to other people and himself and, and all kinds of living beings uh, is, of course, not okay. I mean, <laughs> it's not, you, you, you don't do that. And uh, so that ambivalence of, like, uh, of, of, of trying to do something good or trying to help someone, even yourself, and how that can completely derail uh, that 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 path completely derails this. I guess I, that's what I wanted to say. I guess or try to mm. put put on screen. No, I, I think the spiral is handled very well, right? Because as you said at the beginning, we you know we get the guy and he's setting up the the, the room. And everything like that. And then he's, you know, telling me, oh, so I got tinnitus and I'm trying to work out diff diff different sounds and things like that. And then it's like, oh, because the med, you know, my doctor doesn't really want to listen. And you'll be like, yeah, well, I understand. Like, I think everyone's got an experience of that, 
right? Going mm -hmm. to the GP yeah. and being like, oh, this is a bit. And they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and my white coat and diploma tell me that you actually feel this. And you're like, no, 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 no. So you emphasize with him at the start. And as it's going on, you slowly, you know, you see him doing more and more kind of deranged, just off-key yeah. things, which don't always start off as deranged and off-key, right? It starts off as plausible, but Let's then goes further and further and further. And I thought you handled that very well. But when, you know, devising this, right, mm -hmm. what was the, how did you kind of think of the time frame? Because, you know, you've got a 90-minute film yeah. and you're trying to get all of this information across, but you don't want to rush it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, you yeah. don't want to go too slowly. So how did you think, right, let me do it like, let me pace it like this. I, I, yeah. I have a thing happen at this point. And yeah, I, what, what I wanted to do is, of course, because the guy, you have to be interested in that person. You want mm. to, and, and and that is also, of course, a spoiler, is man, you never really see the character. Well, you only yes, see parts I, I of, of him. That, yeah. that's, the, that's the big thing, right, as well, is, is you have all of this, Right, you have your pacing and all of that, but then we don't see him. Right, yes, yeah, you see the jaw or the or hands or ear and you know just things like yeah. that. And I, I thought I said, you kind of can patch him together uh, a yeah. little bit, like in your mind, but you never really see, fully see see the person. Yeah, yeah. So he 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 remains being a mystery to a certain degree. Mm. Uh, and uh, and yeah, yeah. So the thing was that I I wanted that. Uh, so I never wrote the character from the beginning as 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 a very positive. I mean, of course, he's suffering and all that stuff. So and he's uh, he's 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 complaining a lot, of course, about the doctors and everything. But in the beginning, at least he has this like um, there's this impetus of um, of like trying to get something done, and that he never leaves that. So he's yeah. always trying to get something done. He, he and he gets a lot of stuff done till the end of the film. Yeah, mm -hmm. but at some point, like as you say, in this like small little increments, all the stuff that he's doing is getting worse and worse and worse. And but he always has an explanation for it. So I wanted to create a character that is obviously, and you realize that after like twenty minutes or maybe twenty five minutes, that the guy is not not just like there's something weird about him. Yeah, and but but I wanted that. Only in the very end of the film, that that so, so what I didn't want to to have is so he, he's he's a very systematic and scientific mind, and I wanted him to go insane, but at the same time never get hysterical or anything like that. He's just like he's keeping his pace. Of course, the pace gets faster in the end, but also not that fast. Uh, but so he's never never screaming around or anything or running around. Sometimes he has these like moments when he's really angry or something. But 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 he kind of like keeps his thing. He he does his thing until the very end. And of course, it's yeah. getting more and more horrible. But but I never wanted uh, him to be like the super crazy, you know, like uh, mad scientist. I mean, he is definitely a mad scientist in 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 his way. But I never wanted him to completely to completely run around and you know like laugh maniacally or something like that yeah yeah he doesn't become a caricature no 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 yeah yeah no no i wanted yeah yeah so so and what i wanted to do is like in the beginning and i think that is also it's it was also interesting to see because 
I, I submitted the film, of course, to many genre film festivals and horror film festivals, but also to, to art house film festivals. For example, here in, in Wilmington, uh, it's this like indie art house film festival. And I just came from Spain, from Terra Molins, and they are a super classic uh, horror film festival. And it's interesting to see the reaction and what people ask me if genre people watch the film and if people from the indie world or art house film world watch the film because pretty much they're watching the same film but but also not you know because horror film fans have a different expectation how a, how a movie should look like and art house people have a different expectation of what the narration should look like of a film and, and all that stuff and so it's interesting to confront people with my film who is like strangely in the middle because it is definitely a genre film but it's also a very experimental art house film because i mean if you do a film that is like 70 or 80 percent shot with uh, macro lenses uh, it is not your everyday film of course no and uh, so so it was it uh, so it's interesting to to observe people's reaction to to the film but but uh, my my plan is because you ask uh, like how the pacing uh, I was planning the pacing of the film is I wanted to kind of like bring the people down to the speed or, or the thought process level of the protagonist. So in the beginning, people, and that's why I think some people uh, are kind of like astounded, at least in the first half of the film, that nothing really terrifying or horrifying is happening. I mean, especially horror film fans. They're like, I, I, I see the faces when they watch the film and they're asking why is there no like 20 year old girl being already like cutting cut in half or something like that? Why is there, why, why is it so psychological? Why is he talking about science and bacteria and all that stuff? And it's like, yeah, that's, that's, you have to kind of like let yourself into the world of the protagonist. You have to kind of like slow down to the level of his thinking and his, uh, look at the world in a certain way and the very moment and that's roughly for me I thought after probably half an hour or something like that or 35 minutes when you are when you're kind of like on his level and in his world then you can kind of like speed the whole thing up and then that's when like at around like for the 45 minute mark like he really starts with things that that uh, people find like oh my god what's going on now now he's starting he's starting to kill animals and stuff like that you know that's when people are like oh my god <laughs> oh now i know where this is going but but for this like now i know where this is going you kind of need to to kind of kind of i guess uh, my feeling was you have to slow down a little bit to to then fully yeah. be able to enjoy the 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 roller coaster <laughs> and and i think for it to feel realistic mm -hmm. right because when people look at you know there's so many examples, you know, like uh, Charles Manson or the, um, oh gosh, the guy that was living in the cabin in the woods. Oh, yeah, yeah. Manifesto. There's, there, there's always... Oh, the, un the Unabomber. The yeah, Unabomber. that's it, the Unabomber. The Unabomber, yes. the Unabomber I think, it's interesting, it's the first time in an interview the Unabomber comes up, but it's, of course, completely true. The Unabomber is a very good example of, like, a real-world character, of someone who is, like... I mean, the guy was a professor. Mm. He had, like, reason everything, but, but something in his ideology just like snapped you know like just yeah. some like just like okay i'm just living in the woods now and <laughs> although and, there uh, is clarity to what some of the stuff he says right yeah. some of the stuff he says you're like 
I understand. She has a basic critique. But I understand. Yeah. And that's that's the same thing I wanted to do with my film because most of the stuff my my protagonist uh, and I'm I'm, only, I'm also only saying protagonist for all the people who don't have seen the film yet, uh, because I never gave the guy a name. He is just the protagonist. He never even once says his name or anyone says his name. He's just like mm. the guy, you know, the protagonist. And and so I because he is many of the things that he says in the film. I completely agree with them. I'm an atheist, and most of the stuff he says about religion, I think, is true. And most about the stuff that he says about, you know, like bacteria and evolution and all that stuff, I think most of that stuff is is true. And it's uh, it's and I put it in there because it's stuff that I'm interested in anyway. So, so most of the obsessions he has in the film are also my own obsessions. So that was easy to write then as a script because I knew all this like little like tidbits of information and, and cool things that I put into the film. But, but yes, I mean, if you read it on paper and like, Oh yeah, he's right about that. And he's right mm. about this and this and this and this, but in the end, it's always the consequence. What do you, there's this quote by Michel Foucault, who is a French philosopher. And he says, it's not important what you want to know, but why you want to know it. Uh, and that's for most people, the big difference. I mean, like like why <laughs> and and the very moment that that uh that you might that the protagonist might be true about the things but the consequences he he or or or, or the paths he thinks that he has to choose based on that knowledge of course are horrible and wrong and you don't do that <laughs> no. yeah yeah the, the quote really did work right because you, you had the clarity in the hysteria, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I thought he's because he's going on this spiral, but obviously, he, you know, he's a scientist, so he still has that fundamental understanding, he still has that, you know, grounding in that. So, yeah, it, it wouldn't be, you know, a full on just crazy, crazy, right? So, it all made sense, and you're seeing this situation unfold and you're like yo where's he how far is he gonna go that, oh that's yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah because people people always ask me especially if going to film festivals now uh, to ask me to say a couple of words before the film and i, I don't want to tell anything because it's all I've, all i could say are spoilers you know mm. and then and then i have this like standard phrase now i say my film is like you watch one of those uh, youtube videos uh, where, where a car is trying to brake on an icy road and, and, and you watch the car trying to brake and it slowly moves somewhere and he's like, oh my God, I can't watch it. I can't watch it. I can't watch it. I don't know how bad this is. is this, this is it's going, going to end bad, but I don't know how bad it is going to be in the end. And that is pretty much my film. Yes. <laughs> I, yes. I, I, hope, I hope at least that it has this like hypnotic thing where you're like, you just like look and, and just like, oh my God. Uh -huh. Well, it, like towards the end, <laughs> you are looking at it and I'm just like, oh no. And you want to look away, but you're just like, but where's this going? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there is, I mean, I, I think that that's what I said before. I think there is something fascinating about, about macro photography. There's something strange of me, like even looking at the uh, like drop, uh, blood, blood dripping in in a macro way looks so much like more strange it's, and it's almost like this like 
new landscape that you that you're walking in but it's also small and so and and i hope there is there is this uh i'm, I'm very happy by the way i i had a really great camera guy a good good a uh, good friend of mine now a good friend but when we started working on the film florian hofer is his name uh i only knew him for half a year and and the, the funny backstory is that there is a really cool film festival in vienna and it's uh, of all it's it's a porn film festival really, and it's uh, it's it's called it's it's called the Porn Film Festival Vienna. But they are super political and super great. So they they show a lot of trans porn and feminist porn, and and they have talks about intimacy. So it's 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 not your like everyday boring you know like porno you would see but it's also very experimental stuff they also have like political porn shorts and it's it there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on in this like independent porno erotic scene and so i went to that festival and uh i met a friend of mine there who is a director and he won that was in 2019 and he won an award for the best in austrian uh, for the best austrian porn uh, short film and uh, and he introduced me to his cameraman and said like this is Flo. I did this like crazy little porno film with him, which is, by the way, also a super great idea. So he filmed two people having sex, but they uh, like uh, the woman was painted with blue color and the man was painted in red color, and it's a one shot from the top, and they were having sex on a big canvas, right. so they were having sex and pretty much like at the same time painting. And in the end, he had this like giant blue and red painting, and it was called the action painter porn. And I thought like, oh, that's a fun idea. And uh, and they had a lot of problems with that because uh, we, how where do we put the camera and all that stuff, and what kind of lenses do we use for that? And and it's a one shot, and we don't we can't do that like five times. It has to be perfect the first time. And so they were dealing a lot with like things. And so, and uh, uh, and and David, uh, the, the director of that film, introduced me at the Porn Film Festival to Florian, who is now my camera guy, and said, like, if you need a really crazy, nerdy, super obsessive person behind the camera for one of your films, please work with Florian. Florian is the best person to do that. <laughs> and then I started talking to him and told him, hey, I want to make a film that's only shot with macro lenses in one room. And it's like a 90-minute feature horror film. And he says, like, oh, that sounds interesting. We should talk. <laughs> we should talk more about that. And, and then we, we spent uh, a couple of months in this room in my apartment. Because it's in my apartment. Uh, so I didn't have a lot of funding money for the film. So I, I, I wanted to make it uh, most uh, created in the most efficient way and, uh, and not, not having to spend too much money. So I kind of like redecorated one room in my apartment in Vienna into this little, like... Uh, laboratory of hell <laughs> that the whole film is set in but that was also fun because uh, whenever Florian had a couple of hours uh, time of working with me he came by to my house we shot a couple of scenes and then uh, like you know like three days later he came by for another two hours and a couple of days later for another couple of hours so over a course of like three or four months we shot all 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 the the, the the main the main footage and that was a super easy and and, and chilled out way to do that film ah cool like did you storyboard it like how yeah how was this kind of plotted out so you knew you know what am i shooting today and so 
the the script was super detailed. So the script was uh, very much like I, I filled around with each sentence. So the thing is, the collaboration with Samantha was that Samantha, and strangely, I only ever met her online. Samantha Leinhardt is a, a horror writer from Pennsylvania, and I never met her in person. So I found her online, I sent her an email, and then we pretty much like worked in a Google Doc together on, on writing the thing. And I had pretty much like the basic outline already. And I was working with Samantha because she's also a super uh, 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 interesting Lovecraft nerd. And I thought like I need someone with, uh, uh, with also like this like uh, Lovecraft lens on the whole thing. So I, like, I kind of like plotted out the whole thing. Then I, I gave it to Samantha. She made some comments on that. And then we kind of like worked over it a couple of times together. And uh, in, in the end, we had the script. And uh, and then I was looking at all the material that I have. Because you kind of... I I, try, I wanted to avoid that that whenever he says something, you see the thing. So whenever he talks about toothpaste, you see toothpaste. Whenever he talks about this, he does this. So I wanted to avoid that it's too descriptive that whatever he talks matches the, the visual. So, of course, sometimes it, it has to be like that because if he's, he's talking about, about ants, of course you see ants and stuff like that. But I, I, I wanted to, 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 um, to, to kind of like play around with that. And most of that stuff couldn't be storyboarded because we never really knew what the ants would do or what yeah. uh, so we 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 kind of like shot a certain amount of coverage and then we like and and then most of the film kind of like developed through the editing process so i would right. say like 50% is happened in editing and 50% was already kind of like very predetermined i didn't really do storyboarding or anything like that but there were like 10 or 15 key images in the film uh, and I knew that I need them and I knew where they are. And those like 15 shots or 15 setups, uh, I was super precise about them. So I kind of knew from the very beginning how they would look like and they have to, and that, that, that they would have to fit. Uh, but other than that, between that, we were fiddling around in the, in the editing a lot. And that was a good thing because I had a lot of time in editing because of COVID. So many people ask me, it looks like a classic COVID film. You know, it's like one guy in one room. And I said, like, no, 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 no. We shot, we wrote the film and we shot the film before COVID. So we shot the whole thing in November, December, January uh, 2019 and January 2020. So before the film was already shot before COVID started. But I had a lot of time during COVID sitting at home and obsessing about the editing and all the cuts and all the, the the collage aesthetic of the film, I think, came out of having a lot of time in my apartment <laughs> in, in, in 2020 and 2021. So were, were there a few different cuts or different images while he's talking and going over things and you'd run mm -hmm. those past people to see if they worked? So in the beginning, it was... Because in the very beginning, we thought we only want the the desk and the macro shots, maybe one establishing shot of the room, but most of it should be on the desk. But then we we learned in 
in the process of filming the whole thing that we need something in between. So it's it's not enough that you just like see the fingers of the guy. You kind of like need some parts, as you said before, parts of his jaw or something. You, you need a little bit more. You have to step back from the desk every now and then and then step back onto the desk. Hmm. So, and that, uh, that we already kind of realized that has to happen when we shot the whole thing because the, the, the macro shots are so obscure or abstract sometimes that you as like we knew exactly what we were showing when we were filming that or we, we knew what what that is but people don't know how oil looks like if it's super enlarged or something like that so so you you have to show the bottle of oil before you show the enlarged oil so you have to always jump a little bit back and show what's going on Kind of like in the real world or in 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 the room, so so and that of course changed the, the aesthetic a, a little bit in the end. That we said we need to see the guy smoke a cigarette or something like that every now and then, or we 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 need to see him pacing around in the room or something. But so that that happened while shooting the whole thing. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah. So that 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 changed my my original idea a little bit, but also not that much because this the film is still very much on the desk. Yeah. And with those shots of our protagonist, mm -hmm. right? Because it's, it, it's me, by the way. I'm ah, not sure if okay. it, it's me. It's me because I'm cheap, you know. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it's strange. The, the the character is split. It's it's almost like it's a it's a little bit schizophrenic because the body of the character is me, and the voice of the character is an an actor that we casted in uh, in uh, in L.A. Uh, so so uh, Julianne Gabert, uh, who is one of my co-producers, uh, and she was a recommendation of a friend of mine who lives in L.A. Uh, when I asked him, so I need a really good nerdy voice that is not annoying you know because you have you're pretty much like listening to a monologue for 90 minutes and if that sounds if that sounds like too hysterical or too high-pitched because nerdy voices usually are like there's something annoying about them so 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 i wanted kind of like a nerdy voice but that has some kind of like also some deep some gravitas to it some 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 deepness you know and and I knew like I probably have to do with like a casting call for that. So my friend Michael introduced me to Julianne, who started being my casting agent. And then uh, it was so good working with her that she she leveled up to being uh, uh, the co-producer of the film, and she did all the stuff that needed to be done in LA on the LA side. And yeah, and then uh, and then we we recorded. Uh, this, uh, I listened to two hundred or so two hundred voices. And it was uh, after, uh, I, I thought I'd go insane listening to more voices. It was horrible. So now you had tinnitus. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, ha I had, interestingly, I had tinnitus uh, for five uh, uh, minutes when I was like 25 or something like that. So that is also like, I mean, it, I, I, didn't, I didn't really do the film because I had this like five minutes of tinnitus when I was 25. But it was something that I could relate to because I thought when I had it, even in those five minutes, if this keeps going like this, I'm going insane. I, I cannot imagine how how that will be if I would have that for the rest of my life. So, but but that that is true. But I, I needed something that people can't see 
and can't relate to because it's only in the head of the protagonist. So I, I needed something that drives him crazy, uh, but that other peoples cannot fathom in a certain way yeah. they, because it's only in his head. And I thought like, ah, tinnitus is probably a really good thing. And it also makes a good... Make makes good uh, 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 soundscapes for the for the sound editing and all that stuff. So I thought like that that's how the whole Tinnitus thing came to be. But yes, but I I, I listened to two hundred uh, uh, nerdy voices and it was pretty clear from from even like listening to the first time to all those two hundred voices that I thought like oh Ethan Haslam that's the name of the of the of the voice uh, of the voice actor. I thought like ah he's he's just he's great he's great so I I kind of I fell in love with him uh, pretty much like uh, first time listening to him and then I had like of course like three or four other uh, like candidates but it was pretty fast that I decided on on his voice so he is speaking and I am I am acting uh, and yeah and that was really really cheap because I mean. Uh, usually like why film production is so expensive is because you have to have such a massive crew you usually have you you're shooting for six or seven weeks and then you have like 50 or 60 people on set and all that stuff that makes uh filmmaking expensive so many people ask me hey you're a filmmaker why are why do films cost like a million euros or two it's like well it, if you just sum up all the people who have to work on a, on a film it's just like it's just like regular wages for people you know and then it just like sums up and in my case i could do that very cheap because most of the time it was me and Florian, my camera guy, in the room. And I was directing, but at the same time, it was also the body of the protagonist. So uh, it was a very intimate way of working with him because I learned to know him very well, <laughs> my camera guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that, that, that's definitely fascinating. And like, did you do a full shoot and just cut out like, the rest of the face or did you just angle the camera we, in certain ways we, yes we did that we, we we tried to never really there's like i think there's one one shot but i'm also blurry where you see my face from the front but also very small on the screen and it's blurry in the background yeah but but we 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 decided from the very beginning that that we we we, we that we we have to, it's of course a strange restriction like oh, we have to show someone doing things, but you can never see the person's face. So you always have strange camera angles from the back or from the side or for this and that. And uh, yeah, but in the end, it was also good for editing because, because the, the, the continuity, of course, works completely different in a film like mine than in a film where you really see a lot of faces. Because usually what 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 people are super keen on when they watch films is like that. That's why editing uh, uh, or, or shooting a lot of footage is, is, is so key for many, for many directors is because in the editing, all that stuff has to just like come together and it has to look smooth. It has to have the, the, the illusion of all these different things are happening as a continuum, but they are not. I mean, in most films, they are not even shot chronologically. You know, like there's just like they shoot one film and one one perspective here and one perspective there, and in the end, you have to stitch them together. And people have to have the fantasy of all of it is really happening in one room and in one thing. And you have you have, you have to you have to be careful about that in a in a regular film. In our film, we always had 
the the macro world that we could flee into if something is not working in editing so we could always like switch back and forth between the enlargement and and the parts of the faces and stuff like that so we could be very creative uh and also do things that you usually don't do in editing so that was very that was very fun actually to play around and once you'd finished like when did you know you that was it right you you done all your you'd gone over you'd done cuts and things like mm -hmm. that but you know you I, must have wondered <laughs> is never, this working never. oh if it's working so there, there was the point and that's always good for filmmakers to have deadlines because i knew I, I i have to finish the whole thing by mid of july 2021 because i wanted to submit it to film festivals for the for the autumn season that we are right now in so i had the deadline of like, I think the 10th of July or something like that. So by the 10th of July, whatever was done was done. <laughs> uh, and uh, of course, if I watch the film right now in, with, with audiences, uh, every now and then I say like, ah, I could have like cut out like four frames here or three frames here and this, and I could have done that better. But in the end, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with it. So it's, it's not that I have the feeling when I'm watching the film, oh my God, I, I feel so ashamed for this, but, but it was, <clears throat> but I, I, I uh, as mentioned before, when I submitted the film, I really did not know if anyone, I knew, it, it, it was a strange feeling because I knew that I really liked the film and it came out the way that I wanted it. But that's also, there's always a difference between that I, I finished something that, that, that worked for me, but I didn't know if anyone else would like it. Mm. So you 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 make the film and it's also very experimental and also you're sending it to as mentioned before to to horror film fans who can be very harsh you know like all the if you go on IMDb and on Letterbox and stuff like that uh, the even the super good horror films of 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 movie history even the super good horror films don't have the best ratings on IMDb and Letterbox because I I, I think that horror film fans are very picky. <laughs> it's like if you compare it to to the classic like the the classic science fiction films of movie history they always have better ratings in online ratings than horror films and it's it seems that horror fans are very dedicated and very you know like it had like because horror is very progressive i think in the way that how you can show things but at the same time horror films can also be very conservative because they are pretty much like telling the same story over and over again yeah and so and 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 some people uh i thought like i, I really did not know if people would like it i thought like the horror film fans would hate it and, uh, and the art house film people would hate it as well so when when the the first uh, acceptance letters came in from film festivals i thought like oh my god i'm just what i'm it seems to work. I can't believe it, but yes. And uh, so that that was like a very, it, it, it was a relief because I mean, I knew from the beginning I, I would do something that is experimental and that is strange and crazy. And 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 I I, I mean, I did it to myself. I could have done another film, of course. Yeah. But I, I, I wanted to do it. I had this like vision. And and when, when finally the first reviews came in and they were all just like, uh, this is like the best horror film of the year. I think like, I can't believe that. I'm not sure this is true, but dear reviewer, if you say this, I will take this. <laughs> I'm very happy about it. Thank you. 
yeah. And, and what was it like being in that first public screening? Oh, that that was at, was at Fantastic Fest in, in in Austin. So I mean, first of all, going to Texas, what uh, uh, was great, and and uh, going to Fantastic Fest. And Fantastic Fest usually is a big party. There's there's a lot of people come. So and this year, of course, uh, not that many people could come because most international guests couldn't come because uh, because of COVID. And I I got this special. Uh, travel exempt from the U.S. government to be able to go there, so I was one of the few uh, European uh, people there, and uh, and but sitting there in the audience, and I was super nervous. I was super nervous. I was uh, I I was sitting there, and usually uh, my films before that, and also most of the art projects, because I mean I only started doing documentaries and feature films pretty much like 10, 11 years ago. So this is almost like the second part of my career because I most of the stuff I do is in the realm of like theater and, and art and uh, it, it, computer games and performance art and all kinds of stuff. So I, I founded this art collective called Monochrome uh, uh, like in the 1990s. And most of the work I do is part of this art collective. So also many people in, in this film uh, that I collaborated with are members of my art group and and people that i know through the art world uh and uh so so it was i didn't, I didn't even know where, where i wanted to go with that uh, but okay but but anyhow it was it was uh uh interesting to to be there in the room and not knowing if people will like it and oh yeah that that's what i wanted to say is that that most of the stuff most of my art up until now is usually in a way humorous. I mean, there is dark humor in my film as well, but most of the time the documentary was talking about, about, uh, about the political terms and all that stuff. All of that stuff is working with humor and humor is, is, is a way of, for me, that I, that I know it, it's kind of humor is a language that I speak because I, I do a lot, a lot of my, my projects are humorous. Yeah, and and it was the first time that I did something that is a straight-on drama horror film, and if you sit in the audience, and and you don't hear people laugh, that's usually how I know how people like something that I do is when you see when you hear the reaction of people laughing, and then I know okay they are laughing at the right moment. It seems and 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 many people laugh at the same time, so it seems that the joke was working, or or that people are into it, or so. And and with sitting in a room with a film like this, where you have a couple of laughters every now and then, but most of the time it's people just like staring in disbelief, <laughs> or being terrified, or being grossed out. You don't hear that, you know. Yeah. Every now and then, I, I had that the first time in in the in, uh, from the audience that there was one moment when they said like, <gasps> so I had this like. <laughs> but most of the time, I was sitting there and I did not know if people like it or hate it. And only after the film was over and people were clapping and people were coming to me and giving me feedback, I thought, wow, it really worked. People liked it. This is, this is, wow. <laughs> and then I was, then I was sighing in relief, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I guess the, you know, the whole way it got into Fantastic Fest must have given you a level of confidence that the film it, it sits with people. 
Yeah, yeah. I right. mean, it, it, it's strange. It's almost like, like, uh, yeah. It's 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 a strange form of awards. I mean, I of course didn't win any awards at Fantastic Fest uh, because those awards are usually going to to bigger films and and like. I mean, I I, I wasn't the same Fantastic Fest where they first showed uh, Titan, uh, Titan, uh, the, uh. The, the French one. Yeah, and of course, I mean, that's a completely different uh, like level of like competing with films, of course. Yeah. Uh, but but I mean just being there and uh, being like on the same you know in, in in the same booklet as as the the, the 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 new new film by Edgar Wright and stuff like that I mean it's like what the fuck yeah <laughs> I I like that yeah and of course I mean it was a strange form also of being kind of like an almost like an underdog film there because I mean I made my film for twenty thousand euros I mean this is just like a micro micro budget film you know it's small yeah. yeah? And it's it's uh, uh, and 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 uh, I'm I'm there with with people who have like millions and millions of euros of budget and and then and then people come to me and say like that's the best thing I've seen at Fantastic Fest, and I say like oh wow, I, I, it, it's hard for me to deal with compliments. I have to say I never know what to say, but uh, but of course I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. So where do you go from now? Where do you go now? Mm-hmm. Oh, so I mean, the, the the film festival season is not over yet. So there, there are still a bunch of film festivals coming up. And uh, and I, I think a third of the film festivals I've submitted to haven't even replied yet or, or decided yet. So some of the deadlines are only you know like end of November, early December. So I don't know. But but so far it's uh, it, it, it's 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 been it's been really good. I mean I love I, I I would love to go to more film festivals, but of course it's a little bit complicated with COVID and all that stuff. So I've been to Fantastic Fest, and I've been to. Uh, to Terra Molins now in Spain, and now I'm at Cacolores in 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 the U.S. Uh, but uh, but it's just like uh, it it feels good to you know, like go on Twitter or Facebook every day and you know like Google if someone mentioned my film or something like that. And uh, so that's it's it's a it's it, it's good that the whole thing is not only happening virtually. So I, I I'm glad that I can be present in person at a couple of screenings of the film because I was a little bit terrified of that of that it would only get you know like a virtual release at the film festivals yeah and uh, speaking about the next level of course that would be distribution and the very moment I I was accepted at Fantastic Fest I had a couple of sales agents uh, uh, contact me so that I mean like in a certain way as you said before the moment you you are in the film festival like Fantastic Fest there is an attention yes. and people want to know what, what is it? What did you do? And uh, we haven't found a distribution uh, company yet. Uh, but even if that doesn't happen, I mean, I totally see that my film is strange. My film is a strange film, you know, and it is, it is, it is unconventional. And, and even at the end of the day, if we don't find a theatrical release or something like that, or it will end up on some online platform, that's totally fine with me because the film was never made for like a, uh, like, like, like a broad theatrical release. Uh, I mean, I, I, it would, it, the, the film was something that I really wanted to do, and I didn't really think about how to commercially exploit the film. So it was a vision that I had and I wanted to do. And now, uh, 
strangely people like it and and want to see it but but i also like it, it, it could totally be true that that it's nothing for for like a a, a theatrical distribution but at the same time uh, so many, so many really cool and interesting and and important people have seen my film because those production companies uh, or distribution companies, uh, and and my sales agent is working with them, and they all sent me really really nice uh, emails. They say like, your your film doesn't fit into our distribution model at the moment. It's it's way too experimental, but you're a great filmmaker and it, it looks really great and you're very precise and effective in what you do. Uh, you're on our radar now. And even that is just like, un it's just priceless. I, yeah, I never no, thought that this, yeah. Promising. <laughs> yeah. And so even if this film will not get a, a wide, wider distribution, uh, it, it will definitely lead to something uh, in the future. And I'm very happy about that. And I never expected that to happen. And I'm very grateful. But <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not religious, but thank you, Lord in heaven. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's great to hear, man. That really yeah. is. Uh, so any thoughts on you know what you'll be working on next? Okay, so at the moment... Uh, that's also a film that I kind of like made at the same time or started last year. So it's also almost ready, uh, almost done. It will probably be done by the end of the year. It's, uh, it's a documentary I was working on. And uh, uh, I started working on it pretty much last, last March. It was I started working on it pretty much like in the same time when I edited this film here. And it's a documentary. And it's a documentary about let's say the positive aspects of nerd culture ah, so it, it, it is okay. so like if if, okay. if, if 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 horror if, if the horror film is kind of like the dark side of being a nerd uh it is it is about something positive and it's a it's pretty much a covid story i don't know how many people will want to watch a covid story but uh, it, it's also very it's a very strange uh uh not not strange but it's a very complex story it's a friend of mine is uh, uh, is the founder of a little hackerspace, makerspace in a small town in uh, in the U.S. in Durango. It's one of these little cowboy towns, you know, like uh, uh, like it's it's a wild west town, and lots of people go there because of like wild westy and outdoorsy tourism. So it's a small thirty thousand people town in 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 Colorado in the Rocky Mountains. And it's called Durango, and and he he's a very nerdy character, and he founded this like hackerspace where people can learn how to solder, you know, and and learn programming, so do nerdy things there. And when the whole COVID thing started, uh, there was a problem. There are only two big hospitals in the area, and one hospital is in Durango, and one hospital is in Farmington, which is an hour by car to the south, over the border to New Mexico, and the the hospitals had real problems because they had so many COVID patients. And, and I was asking him, hey, why, why are there problems with so many COVID patients? I mean, your town is 30,000 people and Farmington is like 50,000 people or something. So w w where are all the patients coming from? And he says, yeah, they are coming from the Navajo Nation because it's bordering the Navajo Nation. The Navajo Nation is like 350,000 people, and it's the size of Ireland, and they don't have a, a hospital, and they have high rates of diabetes, and, and, and of course, it's almost like the third world in the US. I mean, colonialism 
uh, was not kind to yeah. to Native American people in the Navajo, and 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 then I got interested in the story. And so what happened is that that little hackerspace was the first hackerspace or one of the first hackerspaces to make equipment for the hospitals because the hospitals ran out of equipment to treat people, you know, like face masks and mm. stuff like that. And they started this super great uh, uh, kind of like little hackerspace project of like creating pepper units. That's the, the stuff that you put on your, on your face where the ventilation is blowing the air out. So the, uh, uh, the glass is not like yeah. fogging up and stuff like that. So they built all of that stuff in their hackerspace and made it for the hospitals. And and I thought that's a, just a great story because on the one hand, it's about a little hackerspace and nerdy people who do cool stuff with do-it-yourself do uh, uh, producing of things. At the same time, it's also a story of colonialism and a story of the U.S., why is there something like Navajo Nation? Why are the people so poor there? Where? Why is there not enough like medical uh, personnel there and all that stuff? Uh, and also at the same time, it's a story about the U.S. and why the healthcare is so fucking shitty there. <laughs> what is going on? So it's it's almost like a third about the history of the U.S., a third about the history of hacking and hackerspaces and making and the do-it-yourself movement, but it's also a history of uh, of, of healthcare in the U.S. And uh, and yeah, that's that's the documentary I'm working on right now, and that's hopefully will be done by the end of the year, early next year. But of course, I already have something in my mind now that I, I in, in German we say blutlecken. We I, I I was licking blood. It's a German saying, which means I, okay. I got, I got, I got into, I got it. If, if you, it, 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 German is strange, isn't it? Just, <laughs> you can say I've, I've got an idea, but no, I'm licking blood. <laughs> yes, yes. And licking blood, of course, means something when you're like, ah, yeah, I really want this. You're like, I, 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 I I'm, 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 I'm licking. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I was I was I'm, I'm licking blood to do another horror film or something something creepy that that would be nice and I have some I have some ideas but I cannot say anything yet I, I have to I have to be I... okay. <laughs> okay. Right. my worry. lips are my lips are sealed which is also <laughs> which is a strange uh, English saying my lips are sealed yeah very yeah true true yeah. <laughs> It's also like yes. it's, it's it's a horror thing. It's like a it's a horror, horror trope of like that you can't talk anymore mm. and that kind of stuff. You know. Anyhow, <laughs> anyhow. <laughs> oh man. Well, it would be great to have you back to talk about the documentary when that's done, and Absolutely. then the next horror idea once that's done, right? Absolutely. I'll I'll, I'll definitely uh, keep you updated. It was it was a super super fun fun. Uh, uh, discussion and 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 chat great yeah, that no, you're having I, I appreciate you dropping by sure especially absolutely. with the jet lag <laughs> yeah yeah i will have a, a long hot shower now that's my plan <laughs> <laughs> oh man well fantastic and i i really yeah i i hope you have a great success with this because it is so different Mm -hmm. Right, and I think you, you, you never actually I said, do you, did, you, did you like it? I was intrigued by it. Intrigued, right? That, like, at least that's I, good. That's good. That's good. Yeah, no, it's like I didn't hate it. 
mm-hmm. right? But it's like I still haven't because I've literally just watched it, so I'm still yeah, 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 to process it, yeah, yeah, and it, it's so fun. It's so fun. Even like, uh, I mean, I, I, I got a lot of good little reviews and 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 uh, and, and comments on Letterbox. I, I really like Letterbox because on IMDb, not so many people are commenting on IMDb. It, it was the big platform on, of of commenting like in the last years, but now Letterbox is the is the new thing where all the people at least write a, a sentence or two, and there are many great reviews of of, of my film on Letterbox and. And some of them are even bad reviews. I mean, there are people who give me like one star out of five or something like that. But the review pretty much says like, I couldn't stop watching it. Uh, it but it was so horrible. It was so horrible. Who does that? This is just like, this is not, this is not. Ah! But but you see, like, even like the people who hate it, it couldn't just stop watching it. couldn't stop watching it or, yeah. or can't or can't stop commenting on it or thinking of it like but even i mean people have so much stuff to do nowadays even like watching a film is a commitment of time you know mm. it's a commitment of time and then going to a website and writing an email uh, like writing a review is also a commitment you know and that people even do that is just like enough to know like well people are in some way engaging with it there are many people who like it some people of course hate the guts out of it yes but I mean, this is they have some kind of emotional reaction to it, and and it's strange, like that that what what I was guessing that most people would not like is the small pace, uh, that the short, uh, the 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 slow pacing in the beginning of the film, and that people would say like, ah, oh, it's so boring and nothing happens, and strangely, that never, almost never shows up even in bad reviews that it's too slow or something like that. Yeah, and no, that is, I yeah, thought the yeah. pace was fine. Yeah. I thought the pace was, the, yeah, it, it's like some of the animal stuff where you go. Oh, I, oh, by the way, I really have, I only, I mean, I even put it into the, into the, uh, the, the end credit scene, but I only killed one ant for the film, only one ant. So that, so, so I really, I like, I, I didn't want this film production being like a slaughter fest of animals. Okay. <laughs> so for yeah. example, yeah, for example, there's this one scene, spoiler, where I put salt on a slug. And, and I, mm. di- I did that. There are lots of things in the film that I did because it's stuff that I witnessed when I was a kid. My grandmother was always salting slugs in the garden. And I always saw that as a kid. And I always found it so disgusting and horrible. And and I, I, I always, I, in general, I found slugs disgusting. And now I like slugs. <laughs> I, I lived together with 20 slugs for two months. And now I can pick them up and pet them and everything. I don't have a problem with slugs anymore. I cured myself from slug phobia, and uh, and uh, and but but I didn't want to kill the slug, so I went to a, a pharmacist or like some just like a chemical equipment store in Vienna, and I said I need something that looks like salt crystals. If you look at it, mm. but it can't be salt. It can't draw liquid out of something. Yeah. And then they looked at me and said, like, why do you want this? This is very specific. And I said, like, yes, I want to put it on a slug, but the slug can die. <laughs> the slug should survive. I need, I need a crystal that doesn't kill the slug, that looks like salt. Which sugar and, Yeah, but sugar has a different... Yeah, so, and it was strange because the, 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 the person looked at me, like, for five seconds, like, who the hell are you? What? Why? What, what is this? I know exactly. Weird question to put to someone. It's a weird question, yes. And then, and then she looked at me and said, "I know exactly what you need. 
you need and then she went and then she brought me the crystals and stuff like that and i put it on the slug and of course the slug is wiggling because i mean you you wouldn't like it if someone put like lots yeah. of weird stuff on your on your head uh without asking <laughs> and and so i I've, we filmed that and uh and in the end of course we 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 took the slug like away from the crystals and, and cleaned it cleaned the slug with water and everything was fine and we put her back into the terrarium and gave her some strawberries that was fine <laughs> and uh, yeah yeah so but 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 in the end like when the slug stops moving that's actually a digital effect so i just like slowed the slug down in the end so it looks like the slug is dead but but uh, but no, the, the okay. wonders of magic, the, of the, well, the wonderful magic of movie making. <laughs> that, that is good because I was gonna, I, I just remembered that, and I was gonna ask you that question: like, were slugs and animals hurt in the making? No, of this no, no, no. Sorry, All the animals in the film were already dead, or I got them from a friend of mine who's a taxidermist, so they were not specifically killed for yeah. for the film. Only the one, only the one ant, and that's my finger. I will I will rot in hell because I killed an ant, but I think I killed more ants before that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 a very key moment. It's it's the it's the very moment in the film, I guess, when I when I crush the slu uh, no, crush the the ant, where people are like, oh, huh, oh, 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 mm. ah, yeah, 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 to to put the neighbor into this experiment and oh, trying to give her tinnitus that's the, for me the moment when the guy is just like just like you are an asshole this is like this is not how this goes for me that's the breaking point when i wrote it but mm. for most people interestingly it's when when the the animal stuff starts yeah uh no i definitely thought with the neighbor because there's no patience like you yeah. asked her to do this stuff and then you're shouting at her like yeah. leave, just leave leave get out and yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like and you can see the fact that he thinks he's justified yes absolutely that he's, and, and, he's, and i thought that was very yeah. interesting now he's he's a, he's a he's a super entitled character super like i mean this is like where entitlement gets you if you're mm. like an asshole you know <laughs> and if you don't yeah. know how how to how 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 do do as 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 the youngsters say check your privilege so <laughs> yeah oh man yeah. yeah no definitely definitely but yeah no i yeah i i i hope that um yeah like people find this film because you know i mean i i've I watched it and i i enjoyed the journey right i enjoyed this journey and seeing the spiral and also as i said that it's different right yeah. I, I can't think of a film like this mm -hmm. yeah because usually that when i break things down i try and put people like oh well if you like that you'd like this but i can't think of other films made like you've done this one which is great because yeah. it means it's something new yeah right it's a new experience yeah, yeah. that you're able to have and i think that's that's more compelling than anything yeah yeah and and because technically speaking i mean people forget about it but technically speaking it's a found footage film because i mean he's documenting all of that stuff yeah yeah and, yeah. and i'm kind of sick and tired of found footage films and i thought like i want like if like the, 
if if only one person says like oh, oh another found footage film I'm, no <laughs> I, I did not want to do that so i was i was i was very very keen on that it that it has a different aesthetics and that it's in in, in a certain way new and mm. uh, yeah 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 Great very, prosthetic I'm, 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 work as well, I will say. Ah, uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, that that was that will look very real. <laughs> that will look no, very yeah. real. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, most of the meat is real meat. It's oh my god, I can't. I could tell so many stories about the whole thing. It's it's we we got a friend of mine is a butcher in the Austrian countryside, and I ordered like thirty kilograms of intestines and stuff, and I said like. Put that stuff into your freezer. I know you have a freezer. Put like 30 kilograms in a plastic bucket into a freezer. I'll get it on Thursday. We'll shoot all the bloody stuff on Sunday so I can have it in my apartment and it can slowly thaw for like three or four days and then mm -hmm. shoot the film. Yeah. He didn't put the things into the freezer. He just had it sitting there uh, unfrozen. So I took it home with me. Oh. And I had this like I had the intestines in one of my rooms sitting for three or four days, and they were they were starting to rot already. I couldn't use them in the film; they were so smelly. I almost oh, puked oh. just like trying to get rid of them. It was horrible, yeah. And then oh. and then I and then and then my co-producer uh, Yasmin she went round the corner to the Turkish butchery and get some goulash meat and stuff like that. <laughs> I thought like, and I was like, ah, I would like to have some intestines. They didn't look so great. Intestines, <laughs> intestines. Nah, no intestines. But in the end, it doesn't matter because most of that stuff is shot in macro lens mode, anyways, and you only see like something that is so big and you yeah. really don't know what it is so it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> stupid intestines that stuff i mean i totally understand why this is this is making you puke because this is just like the most toxic and weird shit you can imagine decomposing meat and intestines <laughs> 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 oh, oh my Good. I, I guess it's time to get a shower. <laughs> oh, man. Well, have a uh, have a great festival in Wilmington. And um, yeah, great success with the film, man. Thank you so much. Keep keep uh, keep doing your great podcast work. It's uh, I really enjoyed it. I checked, of course, I checked you out. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So I will, yeah, and I, as, as soon, of course, it, as it's uh, as it's online, I will share. Uh, I, I will share it on all the social media that I can think of. <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah, no, I, I have, um, yeah, I'll send you a, a link once it's up. And where can people find you, man? Oh, uh, the easiest, I mean, with my strange name, <laughs> uh, it's actually pretty easy to find me. It's with my, my Facebook, Instagram, so people people can easily find me, I guess, and track me down. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. I, it, it, I, I'm the only person with that name on the planet. Yes. Yeah. By the way, it means it means Grenze means a border, and Furte is a ford or like a shallow creek or ford. So okay. in, in English, I would be Johnny Border Forder. <laughs> Or Johnny, Johnny, the 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 Ford at the border, or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh dear, dear. Oh yeah. But I, I find that always interesting to translate these like weird names mm. in other languages that they are unpronounceable and strange and long. All the like the Finnish names and all that stuff, and they just you know like they just mean something like. Uh, uh, 
guy from the from from the I don't know guy guy, guy from the mill on the hill or something. Yeah. You know, it's it's always the same stuff. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that was the same with a lot of English names back in the day. Yeah, right. Yeah. That you know Miller, and you'd have these names which actually just was your profession. Exactly. That kind yeah. of thing. I, yeah. I don't know what my ancestors did, like at the border at the shallow creek. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they made bridges. Maybe they built bridges, yeah. or maybe yeah. maybe they had property right there, or maybe they were like you know like did taxation or something where people wanted to cross over or something. I don't know. Uh, Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Go graphs. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Anyhow, so it's time to leave. It's time to leave. You're a really funny person to talk with. I could do this for hours. <laughs> well, as I said, man, come back. Come back. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about your next projects. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you right. so much. And bye-bye. <laughs> no worries, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Take All care. Right. Okay, people, so that's it. We are we're finally done putting work this week, people. It's a lot of fucking films, yo. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, we I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed it. Now, hey, we had some great stuff, dude. We had some great stuff. And um, hey, in this one, you know what I mean? Joe Johannes was hey so great to talk to and his films sign a little different sign a little different now it's not for the faint of heart and it might make you feel uncomfortable but it's gonna yeah, it's gonna make you think it's gonna keep you grip you know what i mean it definitely will do that for you people so um hey definitely worth checking out all right and i've, I've listed in the episode details, the other festival date that he's got coming up, you know what I mean? Because, you know, I imagine not everyone was over in Wilmington for Kukalurus, you know what I mean? So, yeah, if, if you weren't able to see that, it's all good, people. There's, yeah, there's other spots that you can grab it at. But go follow him and, um, you know, you'll be able to find out what else is coming. All right? But, people, that is it. Now, if you haven't seen part one or two yet, go check them out. But, you know, as, as normal, share with your peoples. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, we will see you next week, all right? Peace.